You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Well, well, grand rising and good morning to everybody out there. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And of course, I want to thank y'all for watching. And it feels good to be back here in the Black Media Matter studios. I got to give a big shout out to my Converge family for holding down the fort yesterday. Amazing show. And thank you to Tia and to Willard for coming on and sharing some information and insight about how they're working to keep our community safe. Well, of course, you guys, we have a great show for you today. It is Welcome Wednesday, and I get to welcome a couple of guests. One of them you are familiar with, and one we're actually going to introduce right here on the show to the Converge Media family. Um, and you know what? To the day with Trey audience. Of course, this is the top of the show, so it's a perfect time for you to tag and share this stream. Please tag and share the stream with people that you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. Of course, I also want to make sure those of you know if you can't watch us you can also listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast we got soundcloud spotify google itunes all of the platforms just search converge media network and you guys will find the day with trey there so make you know make sure you guys tap in over there too and shout out to our podcast team for holding that platform down for us appreciate all that you guys are doing to make sure that we are on all 200 plus platforms there's a lot um Right now, I get to actually start the day uh, with Trey today with Brian Callen. And we're going to be tapping in about what's going on tonight on Seattle News, Views and Brews. Later on, after I speak to Brian, I'm going to be introducing you guys to David Watson, who is the new principal over at Rainer Valley Leadership Academy. We uh, have featured RVLA several times, but it's my first time getting to sit down with their new principal. So I'm excited to talk with him. And also my girl, Bayon Coleman, will be following up with him from RVLA. She is the CEO. We're going to be talking about this expansion they have going on. So I'm so excited to have both of them in the building. Of course, right now I get to bring in my guy, Brian. Brian, what's going on today? How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm still getting over a little bit of COVID. So I thought it would be best if I wasn't in the studio studio with you today, but I'm feeling good. And thanks for having me once again. Well, you know what? Glad to know that you're feeling good. We know COVID can hit in a multitude of ways right now. We got mm -hmm. some people that are experiencing mild symptoms. We have some where it is taking them all the way out. So thank you so much for keeping us safe and also keeping yeah. yourself safe and glad to hear that you're doing well and that you had enough energy to give us an update. <laughs> What's going on tonight? Always, on always. <laughs> yeah. What's going on tonight on Seattle News Booze and Brews, Brian? Well, it's happening at seven o'clock tonight on Converge, and I'm with my co-host, David Croman, and we're talking about a few things that are happening in the headlines right now. You might have noticed David's piece in the Seattle Times today. He's talking about what the Seattle City Council is recommending when it comes to the alignment of sound transit light rail. This has been a story for several years. It's really now coming to a head as the council is putting forth its recommendations as to where the tracks should go, where stations should go. And there's two big issues that have come out of this. We've been talking for a little while about how the council is not making any recommendation in the Chinatown ID neighborhood. That's a difficult one there because where do you put it? Where do you have less of an impact on the neighborhood as it's being built? That's a big, big concern for Chinatown ID. 
However, what was new yesterday when this came out during the council meeting is they're not making a recommendation in the Delridge neighborhood either in West Seattle. So this is that part of the central West Seattle area that's very near the West Seattle Bridge there. The council is very concerned that the current layout could actually impact some housing that's there and also really impact a daycare that is right in the path of these tracks. So lots happening here. And David brought it up with me. He really thought that the council kind of punted on this in many ways and really left this to the job of the Sound Transit Board, which we'll see what they do here. But it's going to be difficult to actually determine what that Sound Transit Board is going to do at the end of this month. They have their board of directors meetings on. uh, Usually they have them frequently, but they're having this one at the end of the month on July 28th. And you've got your council president, your Seattle City Council President, Deborah Juarez, who serves on that board. Also, Mayor Bruce Harrell serves on that board, and they play some important roles. What we're hearing from the council is maybe there's not enough input from the neighborhoods here when it comes to what's going on in the CID and what's going on in Delridge. So if that's any indication to you folks, reach out to your elected officials and let them know what's happening there. So I wanted to make sure I laid that out there, Trey. That's a big, big issue that the council is dealing with right now. It went through committee yesterday. The full council will be looking at this in about a week or so. Yeah, this is really a big issue. And we keep talking about transportation. Shout out to your co-host, David Croman, for always staying on top of these stories, because honestly, transportation is one of those issues that affects everybody. Mm -hmm. But yet not enough people are engaged and informed about how it's going to impact their neighborhoods. And I love that the council is taking a community centric approach to really learn from those community members. But it does mean that we have to be engaged in this process. So thank you for highlighting that. I'm glad you guys are going to be speaking on that tonight. One other topic you can give us in terms of time, Brian, what what is something that people can expect tonight on Seattle News Views and Brews? We're talking about something interesting with the City Hall Park. So this is that park that is just to the south of the King County Courthouse there on 4th. Went through a number of issues over the course of last year. You'll remember that the county and city agreed that this was a park that would be transferred to county ownership. So what's that going to look like? Well, the county is going to be talking about with the city today at 2 o'clock during their homelessness committee meeting. And how is this going to work exactly? We're not quite sure. I do know, though, that the county actually has to give the city a number of different parcels so that there's equal kind of give and take there. But the interesting part is this. What I'm seeing from the county's presentation is they're going to keep that area as a park, as green space. What will it look like? How will they be able to prevent some of the issues that the city was dealing with in the past, such as illegal encampments on this property? As you know, it's basically shut off right now. But if you want to have a park there, how's the county going to do a better job of that than what the city was doing? Because you'll remember there are a number of issues at the courthouse. The courthouse was concerned that people who were serving on juries were getting hassled by people who live in that park. They were concerned about people getting uh, affronted and uh, accosted by some of these people who were dealing who were in that park as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how the county deals with this in a different way than the city dealt with this because they're dealing with potentially the same issue on the other side of this, opening this up as a park. What does that open in terms of different concerns for the city and the county here? But we're tackling that issue tonight as well, Trey. Well, thanks again so much, Brian. I mean, you know, every time we talk about open space in regards and connection to our unhoused population, Mm -hmm. there's so much more to dive into there. You know, there's multiple layers here and we get into this often, Brian, because it's 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 a mixture of, you know, not only we can't be dealing with this outward issue about how, you know, okay, people are being accosted and things like that. Yeah, that's a part of it. But also we have to be thinking about how we're caring for those folks and how they're getting help, the help right. that they need, how they're getting housed. So I appreciate that you and David are going to be on this. Make sure folks know where they can find you tonight. Make sure you check it out on Converge here tonight at seven o'clock. It's Seattle News Views and Brews. Also hit me up on Twitter if you want, at Callan and Seattle. 
I would appreciate it very much. And Trey, I always appreciate being on the show. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, Brian. Thanks so much. And I can't wait to tune in tonight. All right. See you soon. All right. Oh, man. Always some deep topics there. And you guys know Brian and I can get pretty deep. So I had to keep it brief because we got some amazing guests in the studio today. I get to bring the first guest up and I'm so excited to talk with him. I'm just now getting to meet this brother, Mr. David Watson, the principal right here at RVLA. They are one of the leading schools when it comes to decolonized education. Hi, Mr. Watson. How are you? I'm doing well, Miss Trey. How are you doing today? I am well. So, I mean, Tell me about what got you to become the principal at RVLA. Well, I spent a little bit of time as an administrator, as an assistant, uh, as an assistant principal, vice principal, pretty much the same term. And I really got to a point where I really want to focus on what I was passionate about. My passion is to make sure that each and every child has everything that they need in order to succeed in life. They know who they are. They love who they are. They're comfortable within their own skin. And in order to do that, I had to take some steps to make sure I was able to give them exactly what I thought they needed. Yeah. And one of the things that I can say, because I was a former parent of RVLA and still am such an ambassador and advocate for their work, is that we need more of this style of pedagogy in our systems, right? It, whether it's more charters, yes. The fact that Seattle Public Schools needs to learn from the way that curriculum is built is also another thing. Public school systems in general, all across the state really can learn. What are some of the things that you're really excited for in your role? Well, one thing that I'm excited for, number one, is just being in a school setting where I see so many students of color and work along so many staff of color. So at RVLA, we have about 90% students of color and about 70%, 70, 80% staff of color. To me, that's just a very unique experience. I've never had that the entire time I've, I've had my work career. Um, and that's important to me because it definitely takes a village to raise a child. Um, and I look at that holistic approach. So it's not just what the student is doing at school, or let me change that. One thing that I love about RVLA, we do not call students students, we call them scholars. That right there is an elevation point. So what we do is we focus on making sure that each scholar has everything that they need from that holistic perspective, not just what happens at RVLA, but also what happens outside of the school. So when we look at that, we look at our three pillars. Our first pillar is community. It's very important that we include the community in everything that we do because our students are part of the community and we want the community to feel like they're one with the school. Our second pillar is that anti-racist education. We want to make sure that every scholar knows their worth. Every scholar knows exactly what's going on and how to handle things because if we do not stand for something, we're going to fall for nothing. Lastly is leadership. Leadership is very important because number one, we have to make sure that each one of these scholars understands the importance of they don't need to follow anyone. They don't need to follow anyone. If we're, if we're in a foot race, we don't care who comes in first. We just want to make sure everyone finishes the race. Yeah, I really appreciate these pillars because they're not just something you guys hang on the wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've experienced the fact that you guys embody these principles mm -hmm. in your approach with scholars. You embody them in your approaches to connecting with families. There's something so intentional about RVLA's work. And again, as a former parent and an advocate, I've been able to see that in a multitude of ways. You know, the, the one thing that I love is that this is open to uh, any scholar, really. Right. Mm -hmm. And so right now you guys are embarking on your open enrollment period. Tell us a bit about that so that families understand how they can connect to RVLA and get their scholars there. Absolutely. Please, please get online. RVLA.org. That is the best way to, to, to locate the organization online. Um, personally, I'm going to be contacting every single family 
that we have right now. Personally, I will be contacting them to make sure that they have all their questions answered. If there's anything we need to do, if we need to enroll you, we can enroll you online. That's not a problem at all, but we want to make sure we meet you where you're at. We're going to go where you are and we're going to reach out to you. Yeah, that's so important because we always talk about access. Mm -hmm. And even though it seems like, oh, we're 2022, we still know there are many families who have limited or no access when it comes to online. So even now, sometimes it's like, man, can I just come to the school, pick up a form, Mm -hmm. you know, making it accessible. How else are you guys doing that? Because I know that at one time you guys had laptops, people could come down there and actually register there. Is that Mm -hmm. still something that's available? We're going to do that. We're going to be able to do it over the phone. We're pretty much going to exhaust all of our resources to make sure we serve every scholar and their family within this community. It's, it's, it's that simple. We will exhaust all of our resources. You know, it's imperative too, because you can't be talking about decolonized pedagogy and, you mm-hmm. know, anti-racist curriculum without understanding that it takes us to be accessible and right. approachable. When you think about the ways that you as a principal are able to take all that you've learned in your educate, you know, your expertise, your career to some to this place now at RVLA, how does it feel for you to know that you're in a space where you really get to be able to build those relationships that are going to set scholars up for success? Priceless. I'm in I can't tell you. I mean, I can't even put it in words. I've been waiting for this for such a long time. You know, we all have a different background and my background is pretty diverse. And I was one of these students. I was not I was not the best student. Um, I was on probation when I was in middle school. I've done quite a few things. And I'll be the first to admit a lot of things that I did when I was a kid. Like I got away with a lot. Bottom line is what I got away with was nothing compared to what I actually did. Mm. So I've been on that school to prison pipeline. I know what it's like to really need someone to reach out and, and someone to, to look at you for who you are as an individual and recognize that worth. More importantly, it's so important for these young scholars to understand that they have someone, an adult figure who sees something in them that they don't see in themselves. And that's really what I want to do with these scholars, because I've as a teacher, as an educator, as an administrator, you have no idea what these students in these classrooms are going to grow up to be. We have to make sure that we give these scholars every opportunity to achieve the dreams that we, I don't want a student to say, hey, I want to be just like you, Mr. Watson. For me, when I'm satisfied with my educational career, it's when I have a scholar who raises his right hand and takes that oath for the Oval Office and says, you know what, I'm here because Mr. Watson told me I could be president one day. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want to bring to RVLA. Top-notch talent over there at RVLA. Wow. I can't wait to connect with you more, Mr. Watson. I'm sure there will be plenty of opportunities to do so. Uh, for our audience right there, you can look into that camera and tell them how they can approach you, that, that last one right there, so that they know how to connect with you. RVLA.org. Please contact me. My email address is david.watson at RVLA.org. You can either email, you can call. Uh, We have staff at the school right now. We have a summer program going on right now. We look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to hearing from you. I want to welcome, thank you for welcoming me into your community. Um, We really are going to do some wonderful things and I'm just glad to be a part of this team. 
Amazing. Mr. Watson, Sir David, thank you so much for joining me today on The Day with Trey. I can't wait to follow up with you as the year goes on to see how you're settling into the role and how you're bringing your expertise to bear for these young scholars. I appreciate you, Miss Trey, and I love the RVLA colors as well. Hey, I came representing mm, today. Absolutely. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Well, I, you know, that's always great to hear from RVLA folks. And the truth of the matter is, is that they really are such a community partner uh, in, with me, the multiple hats I wear, but we, we here at Converge, we know it's important. Education is one of our pillars. We need to focus on how we're really closing that educational gap that is experienced by many of our families in the Black community. So I'm so glad that David was here to share a little bit about how you guys can plug in. Make sure you guys utilize this as a resource. Their enrollment is open right now. They are looking to add to their family and bring more scholars in. And it is an amazing place. I'm telling you from my own experience, an amazing place to have your young scholar be connected to this amazing, amazing school. All right. After this short break, you guys, I get to dive in with Bayon Coleman, CEO of RVLA. We're going to continue this RVLA discussion and also talk about their amazing expansion. You guys stay tuned right after this break. You're watching The Day with Trey. What up, y'all? It's T-Dub. I'm here at Converge Media to let you know about my new venture, The Resole. We are introducing Seattle's first dry cleaner for sneakers, and we want you to be a part of it. Head over to www.theresole206.com this Juneteenth weekend for our official website launch. Hey guys, Vesa Gordon here. Just so you know, Friends of Waterfront's blog party is back this year. And of course, myself and G Prez will be back hosting the full on live stream on Converge in case you can't be there. Look, it literally all goes down this Saturday at Pier 62. And not only will myself and G Prez be there, you know my girl Trey Holiday is going to be on the stage emceeing the entire event. You don't want to miss it. Just like last year, there will be food, there will be games, there will be music, there will be performances, and there will also be some dancing. So look, make sure you pull up to Pier 62 this Saturday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. We will see you there. And of course, I do have to make sure I give an amazing shout out to our sponsor of this year's Friends of Waterfront blog party, which happens to be Stanley. So again, I'll see you guys this Saturday and make sure you wear something cute. That way we can take some photos. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and I got to echo Basa's statement there. This Saturday is going to be amazing. Show up to the pier. You guys will be there, Pier 62. Of course, my Converge family, me, Basa, and our guy, Big Bro G. Prez, will be in the building. I'm looking forward to it. We want to make sure y'all come on down. Have a great time this Saturday on the 9th. All right. Now, joining me right now is my good sis, Bayon Coleman. What's up, Bayon? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for making this work with your busy schedule. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're here. Now, this is exciting. And I just want to throw it over to you. But to know this is something that's been worked on for a long time to expand all that you guys are doing at RVLA to now elementary scholars. Just tell us yes. a bit about what it took to get to this and what you guys are looking forward to. Yes. Yeah, so this has been four years in the making of um, turning around the organization, becoming the only uh, black led charter school in Washington state, offering free public education to our scholars as well. So uh, what we are doing right now is we are having meetings with community. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more about those meetings so that we can actually 
be developing our elementary curriculum and ideas and the scope of what education should look like for elementary scholars, specifically with community. So this is not something that we're saying like, this is how it should look, but instead saying, how do you need education to look for and within community? And then we're gonna cultivate that together as a part of a collaborative community process. So, uh, Actually, after July 11th, I believe it's on July 12th, I'll be having a conversation with the commission to talk about what that application process actually looks like now so we can move forward on that um, application with the expansion uh, for our elementary school. So we'll need a lot of support for community to be able to like write letters to be a part of regardless if you have a scholar or not, like come and sit down with us and have conversations about what education needs to look like for our elementary scholars, what they want to see in place, et cetera. Um, and then be able to go to those commission meetings and like fight for a community to say like, we need this in our community. Mm -hmm. This is exactly why I love having this kind of space in terms of uh, media, because we have to elevate these opportunities for community to be engaged. I think oftentimes there's a misnomer that, oh, they got it to get, you know, they don't need, no, the best processes are when we all get engaged and get involved. So I love that you guys are already thinking about this collaborative approach. Now you guys have some curriculum obviously already mm -hmm. that is top tier and top notch. How are you guys utilizing some of the expertise that you've learned oh, since you've redeveloped it into RBLA to what it is really today. How are you taking some of that scholarly information and informing what you guys, in terms of the approach you guys may have foundationally for elementary students? Yeah, so the decolonizing of education has to happen at all levels. And it's a continuous process when we think about like social emotional learning, like we recognize and we have conversations around these soft skills that you're continuing to always learn, right? Like you're always gonna be practicing self-regulation. When it comes to decolonizing education, that's also something that we have to continuously be doing. It's not a one-stop shop where it's like you develop this curriculum and you're good, it's done. You don't have to touch it again, right? Like be, be careful about folks who think that they're doing that, right? So for elementary scholars, we want to ensure that they still are represented in uh, what they're learning and that other cultures are also represented in that space too. So it's really about making sure that they have diverse perspectives. And when we think about anti-racist and decolonizing, like really what that comes down to is supporting scholars with being able to use um, critical analysis of the information that's presented to them, right? So if you tell me this thing about the world, do I have the skills to now be able to go and research what that actually means and be able to, you know, decipher for myself, is this actually true or is this untrue? Or how does this actually meld, you know, together to be able to give me a better perception of what I need to do as a young scholar to be able to advance the rest of the world in our community, globally, et cetera. So that's what we're looking for, for scholars specifically. We also want to ensure that our scholars can read. Right. Like we know that the majority of scholars that we get currently come to us in sixth grade or they come to us in ninth grade. But it's through that sixth through twelfth, you know, grade bands. And oftentimes our scholars are coming to us and they can't read. Right. They, they don't understand how to have conversations around math. Right. So some of those pieces about cognitively being able to have conversations and understanding around math is really important. How did you solve that? Oh, why did this and this? Let me show you. Oh, OK, well, I could have did that. Maybe I need to change that next time. Right. Like those are those are conversations that I've already supported with developing curriculum and ideas with some phenomenal other educators in our spaces so that you can see kindergartners having math conversations. Oh, well, I use base 10. Oh, I only counted by ones. Right. 
So when it comes to elementary education, like that's what we're talking about is being able to allow scholars to have that space to have those conversations because they're brilliant enough to do it. It's the adults who oftentimes dumb down what scholars can do and then they do less for us. Mm. So it's being able to use those types of things and being able to give power to education and make sure that young scholars understand that's their space and they own it. It's theirs. That is so powerful. I mean, I think we don't empower our scholars enough to understand that they are the wielders, right? They are the builders of what education, how it sits with them. One of the things that I love in, in my young son, you know, is at a space where, my gosh, this this mastery approach, right? It is so phenomenal for him because as he enters into the third grade this coming fall, he's already reading certain things at sixth grade level because just mastery approach allows him to have no limitations. How do you guys lift up some of those barriers and limitations that are often built into the systems of education? Yeah, so we also use a mastery grading approach specifically. Um, and what that does is it supports all scholars who are a part of that process to say, I didn't know how to do this thing before, but I can keep on iterating on it to make it better and to learn more and to master this specific skill. Um, in addition, especially when we're thinking about elementary education, it's really important for our educators to understand, like, they're not leaving anybody behind. Right. So being able to have rotation stations, being able to work with scholars in very specific ways to make sure that they understand how to read. Um, it's not <laughs> I hate to say this, but it's not rocket science when teaching children how to read. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that is something that is intentionally done to hold our scholars back so that they're not successful long term to support that school to prison pipeline. So if we as educators are doing what we're supposed to be doing to teach children how to read, then the sky is the limit, right? Like they get to decide, do I want to be an entrepreneur? What next thing do I want to develop or create, you know, to be my career path? And that's really where that comes from. Yeah, well, you guys also are so plugged in with the community with your Panther Talks. I love this idea that, you know, people who are doing great work out there in the world can then bring their expertise and their knowledge to your environment and make sure that scholars are connected to real world jobs so that they understand some of that pathway. Because oftentimes the, 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 the way there gets gray, right? It gets a little bit murky. So I love that you guys do that. Before I let you go, though, I, I just have to say the last time we had you here for RVL, you were the CEO and principal. How does it feel now to have David Watson come in and now you get to really focus on the CEO part? Just tell me a bit about that transition for you. Um, it's a blessing. It, it is a true blessing. Um, being able to delegate. I think a lot of folks come into spaces and they want to hold everything and they want to be the center of attention. Um, I'm not that person. And as a collaborative community, none of us should be that person. We have to be able to recognize when people should need to step forward and like when myself as a leader also needs to step back and follow. And so I'm really looking forward to being able to take a step back and really allow for the leadership team of RVLA, the academic leadership team to really step forward and shine. So like you'll see less of me in a lot of these spaces, but you'll see more of our leadership team in those spaces, like really taking ownership of, you know, what they're doing on a day to day basis, because they're the ones that have to actually answer to that. Right. So it gives me the space to be able to apply for grants to um, 
build out the decolonized uh, framework for education so that we can support other educators and other districts with being able to use our model and be able to do that to be successful for um, community. It allows for, you know, us to be able to push like our outdoor education, which is also coming, right? Like we know that Black families only are out in nature five times out of the year compared to our white counterparts who are 56 times. From an indigenous and ancestral perspective, we also know that just being able to put our feet on the grass is grounding and helps with that, you know, PTSD, right? And so like, I get to have that space to be able to do that. I get to be able to support with like our elders and community, our elders coming into the school. You don't have a place to go. Come and hang out at the school, come and sit down and be in community with our scholars. We have so many of our grandparents who are raising their children, right? Their grandchildren as their parents. So giving them that space to then be able to say, like, I still get to be an elder. I still get to be a grandparent. Um, I still get to sit in this space to support our community. Come in, play cards, spades, dominoes, hang out in classrooms and support scholars with reading. Like those are the things that like I now get to focus on and like building out this vision with our community. I love this so much, Bayon. I mean, honestly, I get so excited anytime I get to talk with you. <laughs> you know, we have these moments every yes. time, but there's something so powerful about this 360 view that RVLA is able to take from community to sharing the knowledge with other scholastic environments. That is power in and of itself. And when I think about what we're doing right now in the zeitgeist we're in to create a better world for tomorrow, to create a better world for our future generations, those who are beginning to be leaders right now, this is the kind of work that excites me. It's knowing that this is happening. So anytime you need me, you got me. Make sure you look right there. Let folks know how they can participate in this process to expand and also how they can, again, give them that, you know, open enrollment information yes. so that we can get more scholars at RVLA. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, myrvla.org uh, is where you can go and find all of the information for our school. You'll also be able to see all of our educators on our website, etc. Right now we are enrolling 6th through 12th grade. So you can add, there's a form where it says apply. You can go on to that and you can apply directly. If you are interested in our elementary programming, then you can actually fill out an elementary interest form on that same website. And we'll reach out to you with our different town halls and opportunities to connect and come into the school, et cetera, to build out what um, anti-racist education should look like for our elementary scholars and community. Um, and also if you have any questions or you just want to volunteer and say, hey, I want to be a part of this process, um, we also need donations for scholars. We just gave $800 to every single scholar who graduated um, this year mm -hmm. through donations. And so like donate if you don't know any other way to do it, um, come in and volunteer, apply. Uh, we need letters of support. So you can send those letters of support directly to info at myrvla.org for the elementary programming, et cetera. Um, and you can also reach me directly on that website. Wow. Bayon, always doing it for community. We appreciate everything that you are bringing to our community and to other communities out there by sharing the model. This is exactly what RVLA is built for, not just for the scholars who are there, but to make sure that other, you know, cities in the state, whatever, that they're learning from this and that we can begin to spread it. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All the time. Yes. All right, you guys, this gets me to the end of the 
show. I am so excited that I was able to have David and Bayon on to give us some insight about what's going on at RVLA. And of course, I got to give my guy, Brian Callan, a big shout out. Thank you for tuning in. Even while you're still in recovery mode, my friend, we're sending you all of the healing energy and make sure you guys tune in tonight right here on Converge Media at 7 p.m. for Seattle News Views and Bruce. Sounds like Brian and David are continuing these discussions about what's going on at City Council and transit. It's so important for all of us to be engaged and informed. And right here at Converge, we want to make sure that you guys get the opportunity to know how to be engaged and informed because oftentimes therein lies the gap. And so that's what we're here to do, specifically here on The Day with Trey. You guys know I want you to be inspired. I'm so inspired by David and Bayonne and I'm always inspired by Brian. You know, I want y'all to be feeling that same inspiration that I feel by being able to sit here with these amazing guests. You know, for me, it's always about how you see yourself as a part of the solution. That's how we're going to make this world better. Clearly, all of my guests today are doing that in their own unique ways. Find out what it is that you need to plug in with. You know, David and Bayon gave you an opportunity to plug in with RVLA right here. If you can't be there physically, donate. Even if it's $5, $10, you see it's going to go to an amazing cause to support these scholars. Of course, you guys, I appreciate you guys for watching. And tomorrow, we're going to have another Haru Hill segment. Looks like we're going to be diving in to some more techniques about how to heal our bodies and heal our minds. Also hoping to tap in with Jules so you guys can get the deets on what's going down on Clapback Culture tomorrow night. So make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m., peace. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.